what would life be like without him? You know, my wife was down visiting with a mother and sister. And, you know, they don't know Jesus. She's tried to show them. You may be seated. They don't know him. We don't know why some people just... And, you know, trying to exist in life without Jesus, what would the purpose be? When I look in the mirror and see my body getting older, what would the purpose be to all of this? All of the heartache, the hardship of going through life. And you know something? There's a saying that isn't true. And that saying is, as you get older, it gets easier. Well, <laughs> brother, well, he will tell you, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it gets harder to get out in the morning. <laughs> it gets harder to do a lot of things. But the one thing that gets sweeter is Jesus. You know, we sing that song, I'm learning to lean. Let me tell you, as I get older, I'm learning to lean more. <laughs> you, you know, and, and the more I lean, the more I realize that song, Lord, I'm leaning on you. Without him, life would be with no, no point. What is life? In seventh grade, my biology teacher taught us that we were once monkeys and my friend Kenny Manchester jumped up on his desk instead of jumping from desk to desk going, you know that guy quits teaching school and went driving dump truck I don't know why <laughs> <coughs> but what I'm saying to you what is the alternative you know that everything's random, that, that things... And, and I say that to people. I said it takes more faith to believe that some gas bubble burst and you appeared than to think that there's a supreme creator that created that beautiful oak tree out there with the bark the way that it is. I mean, if you just look at the, magnifi the, the, the magnificence of creation, you would say... Somebody knew what they were doing. <laughs> Amen. And when you ask that question, you say to yourself, who is it? Who is it? In my 20s, you know, I'd gone to Sunday school. And I, I'm just going to share something in my heart. I'd gone to Sunday school with my grandmother. I thought she was kind of a little weird. And, you know, and I used to have to put on a suit that was probably two sizes too small for me because she made me. And I'd go to church, and, and you know, and I didn't really understand it all. But you know, when in my 20s, I really began to wonder, what is it all about? Remember in a party, they were having, they had drugs and booze there. And I was at the party, and, and you know, and everybody's doing stuff. And I said, I, and I jumped up and I said, what is it all about? I did. And two people said, oh, man, don't ruin the buzz. Thinking like that will only ruin what's going on. In other words, you know what? Don't think about it. Just just exist. A lot of people exist from Friday to Friday. They have the Monday blues. It's all about going to work. It's all about coming home. It's all about making my husband happy. It's all about this. It's all about that. And that's what life becomes mundane without God. 
Because with God, all things are possible. The joy of the Lord that we can have. But one thing I'll tell you about my grandmother on Saturday mornings, she would open all the windows to my embarrassment and put on her big record player. I think Chris and Rebecca have it now. Remember those big, long record players that had, you, you know what I mean, a big piece of furniture in the living room that we were never allowed to touch? And she would put that on and she'd be singing, she'd be playing these gospel records and you could hear it all over the place. And she'd sing with them, made it even worse. <laughs> but the thing is, is she had the joy of the Lord. She had something the neighbors didn't understand or appreciate. They were trying to find their joy in a six-pack. They were trying to find their joy in, 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 in intoxication. You know what intoxication is? It's when the brain cells die enough so you don't feel anything. You kill enough brain cells so you can sit there and laugh at the fire <laughs> to wake up in the morning to the headaches, the heartaches, and the pain. And the thing that Jesus is saying, I've come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. And he said, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. And I want you to know, so it's not the Ferrari. It's not the big house. Because he cut it right to the bottom and he said, meat and drink. There's only two things that a human, the flesh needs to survive. Is meat and drink. He, says, he said, it's not even that. He said, it's Righteousness. We're right standing with God. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I th I'm so sad that so many people have been hijacked by this last election. I shared you with you last week, and I'm going to just reminisce a little here, but uh, I shared with you last week how this one lady, I called her, and she is praying that people die. And I want you to know, see, Satan has hijacked so many people from their joy and their peace. And what God says, I want you to have joy. I want you to have peace. Don't worry. I've got this thing in control. I'm in power. He said, with my little finger, I can cast out devils. And if you're driving in your car and you're eating a cookie... And you look down and find you, you lost a little. How do you clean it off? Go ahead, try it with your hand. What would you do? How would you brush it off? What finger? The little finger. God says, with my little finger, I, I cast out devils. He said, at my command, the earth was with my command the water was with my command the trees were with my command everything that is was but he said when it came to you I didn't speak it into existence I breathed it into existence I formed you he said from the clay of the earth I took what I spoke into existence and I put it in my hand I coddled it I handled it. And I formed it in my image. 
And then after I formed it in my image, I breathed into it and gave it life that it would live eternally. Whether you know it or not, I, I, I posted one thing on my Facebook that says, if you fear death, don't worry about it, you won't die. You better fear where you go. I'm going to just share this morning. And the thing that we have to understand and realize is how precious life is. What a gift it is. Oh, I could complain. You know, I wish, you know, I say, well, you know, maybe if we lived in 1800, how much simpler it would be. And I, and I promise you, someone from 1800 said, yeah, have you ever cut 10 cord of wood, split it to try to heat a house that's not insulated because insulation wasn't even available yet? Have you ever had to, to build your house with uh, additions for your cook stove in the summer because it'd be so unbearably hot and you had to use a wood stove to cook your food? You had to go out in the barnyard and hang your pig up and kill him for dinner? <laughs> I'm starting to light my microwave. So you know what we're saying is I was born at the appropriate time. Amen. And the thing is, is if you're not enjoying life, that means the devil's robbing you of the life that you're, God gave you to enjoy. I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. I woke up Wednesday morning. In November, when we lost that election, I was sick. Literally. But then the Lord said, get yourself up. Amen. That's what, remember what Josh, uh, uh, Joshua said, uh, Joab, should I say, said to David when David, his son died, and he was so sorrowful because his son had taken his kingdom. And, and Joab said, he says, get up and wash your face and look like a king. That the people be not dismayed, that your enemies were destroyed. And so what we realize is, Lord, I gotta get up. Amen. I've got to wash myself. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get so depressed we don't even want to take a bath. Walk around the house stinking. Cause we don't feel like going out we just don't feel and i'll tell you right now that's when you got to get a hold of the things of god and say god you be with me you strengthen me amen i i just want to share those things with you this morning because god wants us to be faithful faithful instant in season and out of season dependable you know that every employer wants dependable people. There's nothing he's worse than the guy that takes every Friday off. <laughs> or every Monday because he's sick. Amen. Well, God's looking for people to be faithful. I'm faithful, Lord. I'm here, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit. You know, for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, 
And if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, just go to the Lord, and he's faithful. And, you know, as like uh, I remember my, my daughter when we were in a service, and she got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in other tongues, and she just started weeping because she felt like she wasn't good enough. And that's her testimony. But you know what? None of us are. I told her, none of us are good enough. Because God doesn't go by how good you are. In fact, that's why he gives you his Holy Spirit, is so that he can be within you, abide in you, teach you all things. Whatsoever the Father said unto him, Jesus said, and the Holy Spirit will guide us. Not only does he teach us all things, he convicts us, but he teaches us what's right, what's wrong, what's the Father's will, what's the Father's purpose. Who can, who, God even sent his Holy Spirit to show us who to speak to, you know, and how to pray. Hey, how many times you prayed and you don't know how to pray? You start praying anyway, and I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit takes over, and he takes over good. And I'll tell you, yesterday when I was in the car going down to visit my mother, and, and I turned on the radio and heard uh, Jay Sekulow talking about what's going on in Af Afghanistan on WBCI. And I'll tell you, I, my heart went out to the people of Afghanistan and the people that are trapped there and how that they're in such peril, such danger for their very life, you know, trying to make it into the airport. And, Having a valid reason to go there, being passed, you know, man can say, okay, you can go, but be getting there was another thing. So, you know, I just started praying for them, and I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit came down and took over, and I'm so glad because I don't know those people. I don't know what they need. I know they need to escape, but God knows, and God cares, and there's no distance with God. I felt the presence of the Holy Ghost, and so greatly... When I was praying for them, and I knew the Holy Spirit was doing his job. He was doing a good job. And he was doing exactly what those people needed at that time. Something I couldn't do and something I couldn't pray for. So, man, I just thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank him for abiding in me. I thank him that when I can't feel anything, that he abides. I don't need to, to worry. I don't need to fret. I can put my trust in him when I don't feel like I'm a good person I don't feel I know I make mistakes because I'm human but you know what God knows I'm human too and he loves me and he loves you right. we don't have to be perfect God knows who we are and we're different and God loves us right where we are and he's willing to help us he's willing he's not forceful that's the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit he never takes over like the devil you know, the devil and his demons, they want to get in and possess people and use them for his purposes. But you know what? The Lord is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he never forces himself on anyone except the devil. Thank God for that. Amen. So I just praise God for his Holy Spirit today. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit and his purpose and plan in our lives. I'm thankful to God for Jesus for sending his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Lord. God is good. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I lift up who I will. I put down who I will. And I think of Jesus. You know, we have a sermon. And I was reading Matthew. And Jesus was preaching. And the people wouldn't hear him. It was the Sadducees, Pharisees, and so on. 
And after the sermon and after the rejection, he went to the Lord and said, Lord, thank you that you blinded their eyes. <laughs> I've never done that after a sermon. <laughs> but, but he said, Lord, thank you. He said, Father, thank you that you blinded their eyes. For it's not for them to know. But he said, for those that I've come for. And, and I want you to know this right now. God loves us this morning. But I want to talk about a topic this morning that is so important, especially in this day. You know, the Bible said, forsake not this. I'm in Hebrews 10.25. He says, forsake not yeah, Please, thank you so much for remembering that. Amen. You know, uh, the Bible says, forsake not the assembly of yourself, especially as you see the day approaching. You know why that is? Because we need one another. You know, you're out in the battle all the time. You need to come together with the believers of God so that you realize that you draw strength from them. You begin to realize you're sane. Amen? Because the world will tell you that you're not sane. You know. Um, so, you know, we really need one another because God said there is power and strength and unity. He said a house divided cannot stand. It has to be in unity. And so this morning, I want to really deal with faithfulness. Faithfulness involves keeping our word, the fulfilling of our responsibilities. You know, as a parent, you know, sometimes you might even say, I hope, you, you know, if you did, don't tell anyone. Uh, man, it had been better if I didn't have kids. Uh, you know, when, they, when they're giving you a hard time and, and things, are, you know, are going wrong. And, or you might have said, you know, maybe we shouldn't have had kids so soon. <laughs> uh, or, or maybe, you, you know what I mean? Why? Because you feel the weight of responsibility. Amen. My wife was sharing with me about how that when her uncle was killed in a, a car, ran him over, that his father who had not been around his whole life, showed up at the door because she knew that Graham, that, that the mom was going to get a uh, $1,000. And back in those days, $1,000, probably like 20000 today. He showed up at the house and he wanted his half. You know, I, he didn't get it, by the way. But you see, he wasn't responsible. He, he didn't. He wasn't faithful. So many people today are unfaithful. They're unfaithful to family, and they're unfaithful to God. But just think of the prodigal son. When he went out in riotous living, he spent all his, his inheritance early while his father was still alive. His father didn't have to give it to him, but he did. He gave it to him. And he went, and he lived that way. And you know, he, but he knew that in his father's house, even the servants live better than the devil had left him. And he went back to his father and his father was still, how many know that's what responsibility? He knew that his father was responsible. Unmovable. A lighthouse. And in that he knew that when I go back to my father, now I want you to know his father was looking for him. He was heartbroken. He could have said, what is the use? 
They don't want it. But he didn't. He stayed faithful. And the son knew. You see, that's what responsibility is. Responsibility is being faithful when it doesn't seem like anybody notices or cares. God's faithfulness comes despite the faithlessness of those to whom he made the promise. The prodigal son was faithless. He felt the world had more to offer than God did. Let's turn in our Bibles, if we would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Three verses of Scripture that I want to read this morning. I'm going to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 with verse 7. It says, So that ye come behind in no gift, wanting, uh, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to stop there just for a minute. That we come behind in no gift. How many of God wants you to have the gift more than you want the gift? My wife was talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus said that. He, he said in Matthew, he said, If your earthly father know how to give you good gifts, how much more will my father give you the Holy Ghost? The minute that we do, and the Bible also says that, that don't fear the Holy Ghost. He said, if you ask for, a, uh, uh, for bread... Will I give you, um, you know, a stone? If you ask for, for meat, will I give you a serpent? No. In other words, we trust him. We trust him when, if the Holy Spirit comes. I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Spirit is, gentle, is a gentleman. He, Jesus said, I behold, I stand at the door and knock. How many know that God does not barge into anybody's life? The Holy Spirit will not force himself on anyone. But here he says, I wish that you would become, that you would uh, come behind in no gift. I want to, this church is a dynamic church. It's just waiting for you. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. This church is a dynamic church. It's just waiting for you. Paul said, pray that I have the boldness that I ought to have. What is that boldness about? The boldness, even though you feel your humanity, you're willing to get up and profess something greater than you. The devil immediately comes in and says, oh, but who are you? And what have you to offer? And, and, and you want to keep your mouth shut? And you're the weakest one in the church? And, you know, and, and we hear all these voices. It reminds me of the man who said to his mom, he said, Mom, he says, I'm not going to church today. She said, why? He said, because nobody in church likes me. He said, son, you've got to understand, you've got to go to church. You're the pastor. <laughs> so don't think the devil doesn't work just on you. He works on all of us. I had a man one time that used to tell me, if I went to church, the church would cave in. Finally, he came. Well, no, we had cables across at that time. <laughs> Pulling the building back to us to see we were ready for you. Just in case. But the thing is, is I remember I went to, pre I went to pray for Lucian. 
Poulin. He was dying of cancer. He was in CMMC, and I went in to pray with him. Remember Lucian? And, and, and Lucian looked at me and said, Pastor, I receive your prayer, but he said, there's one beside me that needs it more than I. It was another man dying of cancer. And he said, would you please pray with him? And I went over and I talked to him. I said, I'm Pastor Bomer, and I'd like to pray with you. He looked at me straight in the eyes and said, if you knew what manner of man that I am, you wouldn't even talk to me. I said, I want you to know something. God knows everything about you, but he's inviting you now to come to know him because he loves you. He took the place of Barabbas, the chiefest of, of sinners, a, a murderer. And he's come to save you. And that man began to weep, and I prayed with him to send his prayer. He, he came to know Jesus Christ. The next day, his bed was made. He was gone. He had died. See, Lucian was faithful. He wasn't perfect. He had issues. But you know something? In the end, he was there and believed in Jesus and directed to a person who could come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want you to know that God uses those that the world may despise or overlook. He uses the weak things of the world and that he, he strengthens and makes strong. But he said, I wish you'd come behind and no gift. God, God wants you to be gifted more than you want to be gifted. How many prophecies have never been told because somebody said, I'm not worthy to tell them. In verse 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, Who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? God is faithful, verse 9, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He said, I will confirm you to the end. He said, I'm the author and I'm the finisher of your faith. He authorized it and he said, now finish it. He said, I will, I am more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, your Lord. In Deuteronomy 7, 7, said, the Lord did not set his affections on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people. For you were the fewest of all people. I, I read that a few weeks ago. For you were the fewest of all people. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath. He swore unto your fathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand. And redeemed you from the land of slavery. From the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful, a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. God said, I'll be with you. Even on the, I was reading, I was reading early in the Bible where Jesus is going to come and put a foot upon the Mount of Olives and it said, the east will be parted from the west. And all that come against my people, I will destroy. We don't need to fear what the world is doing. 
We need to fear God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. God, teach me to fear you. And when I talk about that fear, it's not a terrorizing fear. It's a fear that maybe you have for a mother or a father that may find out that you've done something that was wrong. That type of fear. I know that I will be punished because Jesus said, I do punish those whom I love. As a father, when I come into the house and I see that you haven't behaved, I'm going to let you know you haven't behaved. But it's not going to affect my love for you. Isn't that wonderful? You know, some people believe, and I remember when I was saved, I believed that you had to get saved every week because God would just walk out and leave you every time you did something wrong. How many have ever felt that way? Yeah, if I do something wrong, God said, He said, I'm out of here. I'll be back when you get it right. How many know God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end. I've said so many times, life is messy. If you don't think so, give a two-year-old a chocolate bar and see what it looks like in about five minutes. My grandson, I gave him some Doritos. I ate some of the Doritos. They had a, they had a, a, a orange coat on them. I ate about 10 or 12 of those Doritos, and afterward, I, I had no problem. He ate Doritos, and his hands were, and he had it all over my visor. My wife said, what's that all over your visor? Doritos. <laughs> And we ask ourselves, you know, life is messy. If you haven't messed up, you haven't lived, I guess. I don't mean that to promote messing up. But to know that the fact that we've lived, we've made messes. I don't know how old I was before I was party trained, but before that I was making messes there. But what we realize in life is God loves us. He said, I'm committed to you. Even to a thousand generations, I'm committed to you. But he might come to church and you're 20 years old and, and he might say, yeah, boy, it's time to be potty trained. <laughs> you're a little late. <laughs> Amen. And I'm afraid oftentimes that is the way it is. That when you know, Paul said to the church, he said, he said, wanting so desperately to give you the meat, he said, I've got to give you the milk because you couldn't digest the meat in your condition right now. I'm not talking to the church by leave me. I'm just saying that God wants us to grow up. He wants us to think. He said to the disciples, said, how long shall I be with you? That's kind of like a mother talking to her children. <laughs> when are you going to get it? I think of my grandson, and, and, and they were uh, hiding food in the couch. And my, my daughter was beside herself. Two of the boys looked at the couch. There's bologna or whatever it was. It was stuffed, tucked down in the couch. So she said, both of you are going to sit there and write an essay on why it's not good to hide the food in the couch. <laughs> I mean, sometimes God has to come into the house and say, stop hiding food in the couch. 
But does that mean that she didn't love him any does she loved him any less? No. She didn't throw him out on the street and said, you can't live here anymore because you hid your food in the couch. And one of the boys immediately begun to ride, and he rode, and he rode, and he gave it to his mom. There he go. The other one sat there. I'm not writing it. <laughs> I want you to know the good news. After a few hours, he wrote it. And the thing is, is that a parent that is committed to that, you know, and I'll tell you that this is the heartbreaking thing is when you're a parent and you go through all of this, the potty training, the keeping up at night and, and all that. And then when they become teenagers, they tell you that you've neglected them and never done anything for them. And then parents have to go through that stage. You go through the stage that, that, that uh, uh, you know, that, that dad knows everything. And then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and God is, and dad's pretty stupid. <laughs> what happened? We know it, people. And when you look at the spiritual life, you know, the spiritual life is, 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 is like the physical. And, and people grow up and they think God is great. And all of a sudden they're trying to help God. God, let me educate you a little. Peter, Peter said, uh, to, the Lord said to Peter, said, let me wash your feet. He said, no, 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 no. I want, you know what he was trying to do? He was trying to educate God. No, God, that isn't your business. You, sh you shouldn't be down there doing that. We go through stages of life, but God wants us to grow up. That's the whole purpose of the suffering in this life is to become like him. Someday in eternity, God's going to give us a commission. In fact, he said, he said, to those that overcome, will I grant to sit with me during the millennial reign of Jesus, and he shall rule with a rod of iron. What does that mean? It means there'll be those during that time that will want to do things that are not right. But it's going to be a theocracy, not a democracy. God rules. He can say, Bob, you go over and take care of that. That needs to be taken. That's what he means, to rule the rod of iron. In other words, to keep things in order and in check. But how can he do that if my weaknesses still exist? Oh, man, I'd send him over there, but he'd get with those women. No. He said, to he that overcometh, in other words, you know what? There are fleshly desires, there's fleshly things that God said, I want to overcome them in your life. He's faithful to you. He loves you. You may say, well, you know what? I'm at an age now where I'm sure God's given up on me a long time ago. God said, I will never give up on my children. In 2 Timothy 2.11, is that uh, he is a trustworthy he is trustworthy if ye endure he will also reign uh, you shall also reign with him if we disavow him he will also disavow us if we reject him he'll reject us in other words if we reject his counsel amen 
I said, number one, what you've got to remember is whatever your weakness is, don't change this word to conform to your weakness. I had a man one time that divorced his wife and then he was living with her again. And he said, in God's eyes, we're, we're married. And then he left her. And I said, oh boy, God's eyes are pretty shifty. You know, some people have a God where they can put their finger and they can move his eyes the way they want them. That's why people worship images because they know where it's going to be tomorrow. But when I worship God and God comes and he says, you know what, I'm not happy with that part of your life, but I don't leave you. I don't forsake you. I'm with you always. If you're 62 years old, I won't stop loving you. I love what, I believe it was Hagen uh, had the dream. And he saw people going to hell. And he said the only way they could go to hell was to wade through the blood and reject the cross. God doesn't send anybody to hell. Every person that goes to hell goes there of their own will. They go because they reject the gift. Jesus said, I wish that none would perish, but that all would have everlasting life. We were talking, the men, we were talking about, uh, you know, relationship with God. We was talking about predestination and how some people see predestination. But I want you to know that God has predestined every one of us to come to him. But not all will. Because they reject. And so what we have to say, as we said this morning is, Lord God, thank you for being committed to me. Thank you, Lord God, that I would have given up on me a long time ago. How about you? Would you, could you, would you honestly say, God, I would have given up on me a long time ago. But yet you're faithful. Yet he's there. And we can sing this song, he was there all the time. He was there all the time. And that is something the devil would like to do is to get us disheartened, to get us on things that are that we have no control over, like elections. I've said to people before, you know, I believe this election is going to tell us where we are on the timeline with Jesus. I believe we're close, people. I believe we're close. They were giving Bibles around. I know yes, last week I said something about it. They were giving out Bibles. You know what people are doing? They're rolling up their window. They didn't want it. They're rejecting the gift. But what a gift if they'd receive it. Faithfulness involves the keeping of our word. You know you have to practice that in small ways first. If I say I'm going to be there, I should be there. That's character. I'll be there. I've been here 29 years. I've been here. I'll be there. I'll stand. Never once in all those years have you heard, well, pastor's not feeling once. He's staying in bed today. He gets up and he goes. Why? Because he's a soldier for Jesus. A soldier for Jesus. You see, that's what God is looking for, is that we would be responsible. 
to our word, fulfilling our responsibilities even when objects of our faithfulness are unworthy. Sometimes you'll feel like a wrung-out dish rag, but you can't go by feelings. Sometimes when you feel the weakest, God can do the greatest. Sometimes when you feel like you can't even speak right like Moses, you can't even speak straight. I just don't have anything to offer. I don't know why God even looks at me. I'm this, and God says, get up and stand and tell Pharaoh I am that I am. As God's children, we need to be faithful. In 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, it said, Let a man so account uh, of us as of ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful even when you've messed up. Adam and Eve sinned against God. And you know what they did? They went and hid. Oh, that's so awful. When I see people not coming to church, I know they probably messed up somehow. Either they're thinking or something. And the Lord's got to go find them. Where have you been? Lord, here am I. We live in a society that looks for loopholes to excuse unfaithful behavior. I've said so many times, an excuse is the skin of a reason and stuff of the lie. When the truth is, I just haven't been faithful. I think of the stewardship that's been entrusted to us. You see, God has made us the stewards of the world. He said, whatever you bind on earth, he said, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on this earth, he said, I'll loosen the heavens. He said, I've delegated my authority to you. Don't be weak. But stand, heaven done all to stand. Stand therefore in the name of Jesus. I'm standing on the rock of ages. Safe from all the storms that rages. I'm rich. But not from Satan's wages. I'm standing on the solid rock. How many of you come in rich this morning? I'm rich because of him. Hallelujah. I think of marriage. I've so many times counseled people that were going through a difficult time in marriage. Marriage is an impossible task. It's two people with two separate wills trying to get along. <laughs> if you, you hear what I'm saying, it's two people with two separate wills trying to make it through life. It's like you're rowing on the left and he's rowing on the right. Amen. And, and you're saying, you're going faster than me. We're going in a circle. You straighten out and you do this and do that. I had one uh, couple, one, they said, you know, in all the 40 years of marriage, we've never had an argument. I'm thinking, man, who is the sap? <laughs> <laughs> a 
Relationships can be difficult. Relation, especially with family. You know, family gets together. All of a sudden, one's fighting the other, and mama's looking at him saying, Oh, my goodness, what in the world have I done? <laughs> God feels that way when the church doesn't get along. There's been church meetings. I'm going to tell you, there was one church meeting where the, they had to call the sheriff to come in and to be present because they feared somebody would be harmed. Church is family. God doesn't want disunity and, and all those things. But you know something? And yet he loved that people. Think about that. God loves the church. The church is the body of Christ. Whatever the difficulties might be, we just need to pray, God, we pray for that body. We pray for that people that they would understand and know you and that the peace that passeth understanding will flow through them. He calls for children to be faithful. The opportunity to serve and be faithful. A chance to share the gospel and be faithful. I think of a young lady. We were reading about her yesterday up in, up in Norway, Maine. And she has this thing that she does. And, and, and it's, uh, Deb, what was that that she was doing? And the banks were helping her. And, and she was just a young lady. Um, a, a food thing just a young lady and it was catching on and people how many know stop limiting yourself and and, and the power of your words and, and the power of your life thank you lord god is good let's see this page says uh hp laser printer m402 job storage. Well, I guess I don't want that page. It'll bore you if I read it. <laughs> because God is faithful, we too should show the fruit of faithfulness. Scripture, 1 Corinthians uh, um, 1 and 7, as we, we've just read, so that ye come behind in no gift. You see, God wants us to be faithful that we'd come behind in no gift. My brother here, I mean, my brother could say, well, I'm sure there are people who can sing better than I can. What I hear in my brother is, 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 is an old soldier that has been faithful, faithful, faithful. Here I am, Lord. Amen. And so what we say is, 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 is if Rich is bold enough to get up, and, and, and sing that, how much should I get up to and do what the Lord has called me to do? Maybe you have a word and you think, oh, well, that, you know, me. I had a lady went to my event oh, it's just me. It's just me. I thought her name was just me. <laughs> Amen. But the fact of it is, is you're not just you. You are the offspring of the Lord. 
You were placed in this world at a particular time. So that we become come behind and no gift. Well, I want to see the church so filled with the Holy Ghost and power that you be released from yourself so that you're willing to say, Lord, even if I look stupid, I'm going to trust you. Amen. Even if I look odd, I'm going to trust you. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 1, it says, Let a man so account of us as of ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. In other words, God is saying, I can't give you more until you're faithful with what you have. Believe me, God's waiting on you more than you are Him. Paul said that when he said, wishing to give you the meat. Now, why would Paul say that unless he expected that they would be a little more grown than they appeared to be? Because I believe that Paul had something for them, but he realized they weren't ready. He said to the Corinthians, he said, you know something, it's wonderful that you have the Holy Ghost, but now, remember, you've got to be disciplined. Things should be in order. Things ought to be according to the will of the, the, will of the Lord. Steadfast in affections or allegiance. In other words, be loyal. See, that's what marriage is about. Marriage is about being loyal. Instant, in season and out of season. There's been times with my wife and I in these 38 years that you know, she, uh, I, we, she, we'd look at it and say, I don't even know if I like you right now. Come on now. I'll be honest. I mean, one night she got so mad she left, I really didn't think she was coming back. And I'm, I laid in bed, but my ear was open. I used to hear better back then. And about 12 at night, I heard the door open. I was, Phew. she said, I was so mad, but I didn't know where to go. <laughs> but what that means is it's that we're committed to one another through disagreements and, 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 and whatever may come. We're committed one to the other. See, we need to be committed to God even when we don't like the sermon. Even when we think the sermon's about me. Steadfast, loyal. So I look at related words to faithfulness. Dependable, dutiful, reliable, responsible, solid, tried, tried and true. Trustworthy, trusty. Unflattering, unhesitating, unwavering, determined, instant, resolute, confirmed, died in the wall, sworn, adherent, of, uh, 
avid, enthusiastic, fervent, gung-ho, impassioned, serious. I am determined. I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. Amen. We've all been through difficulties. We've all gone through things that we may not totally and completely understand. But we're faithful. Faithful. Well, let's look at the opposite of faithful. Irresponsible, undependable, unreliable, untrustworthy, a, a, a faltering, hesitant. Wavering, irresolute, shaky, uncertain, apathetic, disappointed, uninterested. You know, you, you come into church, you one guy. <sighs> yeah, probably a good one this week, I don't know. My daughter will say to me sometimes that uh, because I'm, I'm watching the TV or something and she'll talk and she'll look at me and say, Dad, are you listening to me? <laughs> My wife will say to me sometimes, what did I just say? Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, I know you were talking about something. Disinterested, unflattering. <laughs> God wants us to be faithful. In Psalms one forty five thirteen, it said, "Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations." The Lord is faithful to all His promises, and loving to all He has made. Does that include you? He didn't say to all that he spoke. He said all that he had made. He made you in the palm of his hand. He made you in his image. He breathed breath into you. And he gave you eternal existence. And then he put you on the ground. He says, now you go. You, you are made from my pleasure. You are made that you might love me, the creator, the one that loved you from the foundations of the earth that I gave my only son. Will you, will you love me? Will you thank me? Will you look to me in, in, in awe and say, surely I am weak, but you are strong? I think in Lamentations 3.21 says, Yet this I call to mind that therefore I have hope because the Lord's great love, the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Because of his love, we're not consumed. I'm going to tell you, if the devil had his way, he would crush this church. He's put it in the hearts of toxic people to come against his church. 
in Afghanistan, they, these ruthless people are running around with machine guns shooting Christians. That's the intent of the devil. And if he had his way, today he would kill you. But he has it because the Lord has raised up a standard against him. There's no place in this world for you as far as the devil is concerned. If the devil had his way, that religion would be outlawed. That, that the worship of God would be outlawed and, and unpol not politically right. That's what the devil would want. God said with his mighty power, he's kept us. He said, they are new every morning. Great is thy faith. Let me go back here to verse 22 of Lamentations 3. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. You may be 65 years old and say, Lord, you don't understand. I have had a very difficult time in life, and I, I, I just don't know. Can you love me? He said, my compassion never fails. People struggle in this world. They struggle with this flesh they're born with. I think of the psalmist when he says, Lord, he says, he said, you know, what you commissioned me to do is greater than I am. Well, it is. But he said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. You know what that means to, to confess your sin? I am weak, but he is strong. Lord God, I do not come to you as a made man. I do not come to you only in humility. Paul said, I'm the chiefest of sinners, though I'm the greatest of apostles. <laughs> How can you be both? What was he saying? He said, look, if you were to weigh me and what I'm worth as a human being, he said, I wouldn't give you a cent for it. But he said, what God has made me, is chiefest of apostles. How can the two live in the same body? Do you hear what I'm saying? He knows you struggle with your flesh. Paul also said there's an infirmity that I have not been able to overcome. It's an infirmity within me. And, and he said, and I prayed about the infirmity, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so when he, he, he looks at that, what was the infirmity? We don't know. We don't know. But we knew that Paul felt his weakness, whether it was his eyesight or whether it was his conscience of killing innocent people in his past. We don't know what it was, but it was an infirmity. But God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Hebrews 10 21 it says since we have a great priest over the house of God let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full of assurance of faith having a heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a 
guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with the pure water, let us hold, uh, hold unwaveringly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Can you say that with me? What is he? Faithful. He a, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? He knew your every weakness before you even did it. We talk about the purity of metal and how that to make metal very pure, you've got to put hotter heat, higher heat, higher heat, and, to, and you keep skimming the, the, the stuff off the top until it becomes, until the stuff doesn't come up anymore. But what we realize in that is that when something does arise in us, God already knew that it was there. And he's saying, I love you too much to leave it there. Do you know if you prune a tree too quickly or too far down, you'll kill it? You have to be careful if you want to cut the tree down. You better study uh, how much you should take, you know, per year or whatever. There's, there's an art to that. Well, I want you to know something that God knows how to prune. He said, he said, my father's the husbandman and ye are the branches. And he takes off that which isn't fruitful. And there's things in your life that aren't fruitful. What does God do? He prunes it. To make you what he wants you to be. Last scripture Hebrews 11, 11, by faith Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was, uh, was able to become a father because he considered himself faithful who had made the promise. If Sarah in her 90s could believe to have a baby... You ought to be able to believe that God can do something miraculous in your life. Because he did not consider the deadness of his body. You see, that's the thing we do. The minute we hear something, we go immediately to ourselves and say, Yeah, but I just I just can't do that. I'm just little, I'm just me. I had another page. That's all right. God's good. But what we need to understand and realize is that Abram did not look at himself. When you look at yourself, you'll sink because you're but flesh. But there's one that lives in you, the power of the Holy Ghost that wants to be released. He said, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living Water, boy, that's, it didn't say rivers of water. We know a lot of drunks bring up a lot of that. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. He said, I promise you this, my word will never come back unto me void. You know, your child might not be listening, but you plant that seed. And then you allow God. The Bible said one plants and other waters, but only God can give the increase and that's where patience comes in Lord you know if you try to force something you mess it up you can mess up your relationship with someone by trying to force something 
There's a time you got to back off and just say, I, I'm here. And, and maybe the child will come to you and say, Mommy, are you still alive? Yeah, I'm, I'm wonderful. The Lord is good. And they'll probably think to themselves, Mom's a little bit off. And what we do is we try to lecture people into doing what's right, I'll tell you right now. It's good to tell them. But then you need to sometimes let the experience of life have its way. It's painful. It's painful. We don't want our children to go through something. We want to do it for them. But we have to say, you know, there's a time. I've got to back away. Not that I don't love them. Not that I don't pray for them. Not that I don't intercede for them. Not that I don't look for them afar off. But Father, I know. I know, Lord God. I come against addiction. I come against... You know something? You, we we got to be bold, people. We think... I'll tell you, we've come to an age in society where the church has become so weak that we think the only way to help people is through counseling. Well, how do you feel, brother? Daddy wasn't nice to you. Oh, here's a handkerchief. You cry it out. And I'm not demeaning the fact that we do have feelings and we don't need to talk to someone, but I'm going to tell you what. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need to get back to the basics where we believe that God is able. You can't, cancel, uh, you can't counsel a devil out. He's smarter than you. He'll manipulate you. I heard of one second, we had an individual years and years and years ago who was a child molester. He confessed to me he was a child molester. I called a counselor, and I said to him, I said, how can I speak to this individual? So let me tell you this right now. He said, it is a spirit that needs to be cast out. It cannot be counseled. If you counsel them, they'll use the cleverness of your words to get more prey. He said, that spirit is a wolf. And you can counsel a person like that until you're blue in the face. And they'll learn from your counsel and manipulation. And they'll use it upon their prey. See, it's time for the church to grow up and realize you, you can't counsel devils out. You cast them out. Why am I on that subject? I don't know. But God says that we need to be a force to be reckoned with. He said, ye are the salt of the earth. Will, are we willing to stretch our staff over the waters? Are we willing to go an ankle deep, believing that God will part the way? Are we, be, are we willing to commit ourselves in the face of danger and say, Lord, whether I perish or not, I know that you are faithful. All of a sudden, you've got a demoniac in your presence. And you roll up your sleeves and the person's with you says, what are we going to do? <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a hold of the word of God. I'm gonna say in the name of Jesus. How many know that the devil himself said, Paul I knew and Jesus I knew, but who are you? You see, when we know Jesus, when we know Jesus. He said, I'll never leave and forsake you. I'm with you. Man, if you want to get into a, 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 a casting out a devil, I'm with you. Because I hate them things. And he said, I'm, I've called you into the world to be more than conquerors. I, I just want you to know, church, be faithful. I know I've only got a few weeks left. Here, I've watched so many times people hold on to ministries until they just was nothing left and they get sold. And God is saying to me, it's time to let a younger generation come in. It's time that the, the church get enthused with, with, with the energy. I have other things for an old man. <laughs> but I want you to know this church is a dynamic church. This church is on the move. Words have been spoken over this church, and I'll tell you right now, you are the church. You are the body. A young man and his wife will come, and they'll serve you. That's what they are. They're serving. He said, let the greatest among you become the least. They've come, they'll come to wash your feet. So make sure they clean. No, I, they, they, they've come to serve you. <laughs> One pastor told me, he said, you know, I, I joined the church club. There's this one thing I told him. I draw the line when it comes to feet washing. <laughs> but what we really, because some people are so conscious of their feet, especially if they, their toenails are getting a foot thick or, or what have you. <laughs> it happens with age for many. But what we realize in this is that this young couple will come with their beautiful little children and they'll serve you. But it's up to the church to be faithful. It's up to us to say God has called us and appointed for a certain time. And I believe that the numbers in this church are going to grow substantially. I believe that every prophecy that was spoken over the church will come to pass. We need to be faithful. Paul was angry when they said, do you follow a man? Or do you follow Jesus? Do you believe that he can do what Jesus can do? And I want you to know something. I said to the Lord, I took this thing 29 years ago. We didn't even have a parking lot. We, we, and the, it's so many. Uh, we've watched God move so many ways. It's just phenomenal what God has done. We had a great Bible college here where you could learn, you could earn up to a doctorate. We had uh, Sister Doris, remember, we had, we had a lot of people. God has done miraculous things here. And he said, I'm not done yet. Amen. I'm not done yet. I think of Jeremy and, and Brian, the, the young men in the church that, you know, that they, you know, God is saying, hold up the staff. Believe that I can part these waters. Believe that that great things can happen in my name. And that's where I leave it this morning.
Let us be faithful. God, here am I. Here am I, Lord Jesus. Use me as you will. Would you all stand with me, please? Thank you, Lord. I want you to know that I love everybody very, very much. And, and, and here, and, and you know, we've, we've even shed tears over our departure. It's not been easy, and it isn't easy. Every, I go over, I look at everything. Windows, I had a part of putting them in. Taking off the old paneling and the old sheetrock and rewiring them, putting brand new insulation on the walls and rebuilding that and doing that. That light switch is there because I put it there. This is that. But you know what? It belongs to Jesus. As I've said before, this building will burn up someday. Everything made of wood, hay, and stubble will burn. But yet, it is precious to the saints to be used for God's glory. And that's what we want to happen. And, 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 and I just want you to know that I, I love every one of you. And it's been a very painful decision for me. But it's one that God said you must make. You must make this. This is, this is important. And he says dynamic things will come to this body and to this region in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for the gifting that is in this church. We thank you for each other, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that your spirit would so fall upon this church in a way, Lord God, and so dynamic, Father, uh, Lord, that it would just spread abroad and that many would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Lord, that is your will and your wish for your servants, Lord God. And, Father, that we would grow, that we would receive not only the milk, but the meat of the word. And that we would go forth as soldiers, Lord God, faithful to you in this last day. Uh, Lord God, we just thank you for, for, for faithfulness. For I think of Richard as he sits here today after many, many years of walking the streets of Lewiston and Auburn and believing God. And, and, and Lord, he's still here and he's singing, Lord God. Why? Because he's faithful. Faithful. Lord God, let us be faithful to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen.